Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Christian Piles impression here from me. It's David Bray. To my right, John Kozak. And in Wisconsin, Ben Askren joining us on the call. It's episode 787, which is not only a wide-bodied airliner, but the area code for Puerto Rico. And it's it's fitting because it's uh, Pan Am week. Yep. Wrestling starts tomorrow, continues through... Sunday, so it should be should be fun. So happy Pan Am week to all the Puerto Ricans and everybody else in the entire world. Pan Is Seabass going? He's a Puerto Rican. Yeah, sixty-five. Nice. Ethan Ramos. Uh, one of the Ramos brothers. I think it is Ethan. Yeah, eighty-six. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So we got we got plenty of people to be to be celebrating on on. Uh, 787 it is it's a day without shane so that's too bad um but what are you doing today i don't know i don't know what shane's doing i'd be we'll we'll try to surveil him a little later on uh little news yesterday jaden cox accepted his final x spot um we thought that was coming he's he's wrestling 92 kilos at Pan Am, so it makes sense that he's going to be 92 kilos for Final X, and he is. So there's one puzzle piece that's missing. We got a Gable Stevenson shaped hole in the puzzle. Um, we'll find out. Should be today. He has to accept his yeah. his bid by 6:30 p.m. Eastern time today, mm-hmm. May 4th. It's 5:30 in case in case the Minnesotans are not good with time changes. 5:30 yeah, right. our time. 530. Uh, but, you know, if he accepts, I don't know if that means we'll find out today. That might just mean USA Wrestling oh. finds out today. I, I hope that tomorrow we know one way or the other whether he has accepted his bid. It's it's maybe the biggest thing that, that can happen today on May 4. So, um, really hope he's in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be nice for Team America. Yeah, that would be very, very good. Uh, we talked U.S. Open all day yesterday, but we did not even get to U17s. So we got a lot of weights to look at. So much cool stuff happened. And then after we look at the weights, I think it would be a good idea to pull up that old 2024 big board because those kids, the sophomores going to be juniors, they're going to be getting phone calls in the next couple of months. Some of them had had some real impressive performances, and they just raised their stock, and, and others um, maybe not. So it would be good to talk about that. Yeah. As well. You know, I couldn't believe um, because obviously I was coaching very busily, and I got the chance to go back and look at brackets. and And I know I did this with juniors one night, um, but I did it last night. It's like 
you know, I remember seeing the list uh, that Flo put out of who's all going at these weight classes, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you see the, you know, the placement matches, and you're like, oh, that kid must not have showed up. That kid must not have showed up. And then you go back and look at the brackets, you're like, oh, wait, he went like two and two. How did that yeah. guy go two and two, you know? Um, like, I was looking at 55. Who was it, 55? Kilkiri didn't place. Um, there was someone else who lost. Oh, Leo DeLuca lost out early. Yes. Um, Davino's path was ridiculous. Uh, he is his path was. Oh, let me find it. His path for the tournament. Oh man, I cooked on the wrong match. His path for the tournament. So first round, kind of easy dude. Second round, he had Kill Carry. Third round, he had Deluca. Fourth round, he lost to Forrest. Then he had Gage Walker. I don't, I don't know. And then Dragon Arena, Kill Arizin, and then Kale Peterson. That's yeah, that's insane. And he ended up third. Like, it's absurd. Yes. Very crazy. Um, yeah, Kilkiri, you brought him up. He went three and two, lost to Davino. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's uh, no slouch. And then on the backside, lost to Noah Ninninger, who's a tough guy from Virginia. Um, yeah, this tournament was a complete yeah. meat grinder. And then 51, I remember, like, uh, Nathan Desmond didn't place. And then there was some other a kid that I think, I think it was who beat him. Uh, oh, D. Gennaro, and I didn't really know him, so I started looking him up, and he got him ranked like ninth, and then he lost out the next round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the way that, that the weight classes fall, we talked about it last time. I mean, you know, you have high school weights, you squish them into for 14 weights, squish them into 10 for this tournament, but then also six of the 10 weight classes, 60% of the weights are 143 and a half pounds or lower. So, so then like all those, so all those kids that are, you know, concentrated in there, how many weights are, you know, so how many weights are there between 106 and 145? It's like seven weights, I think, crunched into six. Yeah. And then the other seven weights are, are, well, but then you also got, you got, you have 99, which is before the high school weight classes. So then, you know, it's actually less because you take that one off the board really. Yeah. Yeah. So then those upper weights, they got, those were. Very, very tough as well. Some guys that did, I mean, you know, Gabe Arnold didn't place. Um, some really good guys that we expected to certainly be on the podium did not place in this tournament. PJ Duke, Gabe Arnold, yep. you mentioned Nate Desmond, Vinny Kilkiri. It's unbelievable how deep this bracket, these brackets were. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't know if there's anything too too crazy at 45 kilos. These are the guys that we're going to be talking about soon. Uh, but but in a lot of times, this, these are the weights that have – Junior high guys that are going to make a big impact soon. Um, Dominic Mutarello, Mutarello, Hawk, and Peterson, both eighth graders, going to be ninth graders next year. Uh, Peterson's listed as Seabolt, but he, he lives in Wisconsin. What's up with that, Ben? Uh, they drive a very long way. They, I guess they believe in TJ Seabolt. Yeah. Uh, so how far would he? What did his drive be if he was an AWA guy? One of your one of your locations. Uh, it would be less. I okay. told his parents it'd be a wise decision, but they uh, they don't they don't believe it. Okay, uh, well, yeah. you know he was in the finals, Munaretto, <laughs> Illinois kid, very tough. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to say, but uh, you know, I don't know what to say about it either. It's good. It's I mean, you know, it's good to have competition. It's good to have yeah. clubs that are that are that are Absolutely. you're seeing multiple guys from those clubs doing well and in the finals and things like yeah, that. Especially in the in the lightweights, they have a, they do have a lot of good guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. 45, yeah, these are guys to pay attention to for the for the future, but they're not a lot of the names that we've already been saying or that we're super familiar yeah. with. Uh, but 48 kilos, I thought the final was really interesting. Christian Castillo, one of two Valiant Prep 
guys who who is now on this cadet world team and um I mean that that is that's a hard thing to do. One school putting two guys on this team is basically unheard of. And the other thing, and we've talked about this. Looks like we lost Ben, but I think I think he'll be back. I have a feeling. Um, the, the other thing that's really impressive about Valiant Prep is just the success that they have year after year in freestyle, mm-hmm. international mm-hmm. style specifically. And Christian Castillo is a guy who who is is that example. He he is on now both the Greco and freestyle cadet yeah. world teams and um beat seth mendoza who who was the favorite for sure yeah and that match like actually both of those matches they played out kind of similarly in that mendoza took an early lead and castillo was able to come from behind kind of figure it out and that reverses like two previous matches right where um or maybe it was just one where mendoza beat castillo last year in the fargo finals mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean I know you've talked about Valiant Prep a bunch, but um, I, I think their story is one that maybe a lot of people don't know as much about, um, yeah. just like the casual wrestling fan. But I've been like just really, really impressed and just wanting to hear more about what's going on over there. You know, I think you're gonna have you're gonna have an opportunity to hear more. We're we're um, we're, we're cooking some stuff up with those guys at Valiant Prep. But yeah, people don't know. I mean, they, they are a wrestling school in Arizona. Every student that, that attends the school is a wrestler and they, they don't, they're not, they're not eligible to compete in Arizona state championships or mm-hmm. national preps or any kind of um, state or, or high school season sequence, but they, they do this. They train for the best tournaments. They, they go to national level stuff and they tend to have success. Um, so it's a school that you're going to hear more and more about. And I think you're going to see other schools like Valiant Prep pop up where, I mean, Valiant Prep is not, they're not manipulating any, any governing body. And you'll hear, you'll hear other places where people are upset. They're, you know, annoyed that there's recruiting or that they're whatever, like things that are, that are going on in this school, uh, that are against the rules of their governing body. Well, they don't have a governing body. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have to be accredited to get, make sure kids get degrees and their classes count and stuff like that. But in terms of wrestling they're they don't have a governing body. They have, um, just the, the ability to, to go wrestle whoever they want, whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting model. You know, they, they've kind of, if you take yourself out from under the governance of, of any of any state organization or or whatever, you can kind of train the way you want, compete the way you want, and uh, you're seeing that it's paying off for some of these guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You want to move up to 51? Yeah, well, b- before, before I, I want, I'm curious for. I think Ben's going to be back. I'm curious for his thoughts on 48. But when you look at the the rest of the podium at 48 kilos, um, there are can you know there are uh, some names that are worth mentioning a couple uh, a couple Iowa guys Drew Ayala who is the brother of Drake Ayala Iowa freshman was fourth and then Jake Knight was sixth those are two Seabolt guys mentioned at 45 Hawken Peterson another Seabolt guy who was in the finals they and then Carter Pe- Carter Pearson at 45 was third so between hmm. those two weight classes between 45 and 48 there are 16 spots in the podium Four of those spots belong to Seabolt guys. So Ben brought up, hey, well, they, you know, they, they like the lightweight partners at Seabolt, the Petersons do. It makes sense. They have a lot of good partners. Four guys in these first two weight classes on the podium is uh, it's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
The other, the other thing to point out at 48 kilos, Mac Mauger of Idaho. Um, he's part of an Idaho group that is having more and more success. We're going to see some of these Idaho guys in, in the, you know, on the, on these national stages for a while. So, um, yeah, I think those are some of the main things. Oh, another name that you're going to want to watch out for from 48 kilos, an eighth grader who's going to be a freshman next year, Tyler DeCraker. He is headed to Blair Academy next year. He and his brother, Billy, are going there. And um, so you're going to start to see him and you're going to want to get to, want to get to familiar with him. He wrestled U15s as well, had a lot of success there, but was seventh at the uh, U17 division. So good stuff. I Last year, I, I think... I think wrestlers had to pick one or the other, U15 or U17. I don't think they mm. could do both, but um, apparently that was not the rule this year. All right, uh, 51 kilos. This was a, a bracket that that we were talking about a lot leading into it. Bo Bassett, Luke Lill at all. We knew they were going to be separated. Two returning world medalists. Everybody was looking forward to this matchup, and um, I think a lot of people were maybe surprised how it ended up playing out in the best of three series. Kozak, you were there mm-hmm. up close. Um, what uh, what did you see? Uh-oh, Ben's looks like Ben's back and maybe... Ben's outside. He's outside. I'm so annoyed. Why is my internet suck so bad? I don't know. I, don't know. I, need, a gotta... flow, I, need, a, I need a flow tech to come out. We're, we got to get Ollie up there for you. Yeah, he's the... Yeah, he's the yeah, guy. Hey, not good. Not good. Hey, we were, we were looking at the podium at 45 and 48 and you mentioned Seabolt with good good um good lightweight partners they have four guys on the podium at those two weight classes that's pretty nuts yeah that's a lot that's a lot yeah the castillo um though that one that wanted man he doesn't he looks so skinny and he's so tough yeah and he's got a great haircut too oh my god the world-class mullet it's really for good. sure yeah <laughs> castillo uh yeah he's just Especially when it's freestyle season, that guy or or Greco, you know, he he made both teams. That guy is just he's super tough. Um, yeah, I liked watching him wrestle. I I don't know Seth Mendoza, pretty pretty solid, really hard to score on, but Castillo was able mm-hmm. to figure it out. Yeah, he was. I, I like Castillo a lot, and his haircut is <laughs> it's awesome, <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Yeah, if you guys uh, haven't seen him, he's got like just incredible mullet. Um, very good. But we were talking. We we're about to talk fifty-one kilos because it was the it was, was the that, returning world medalist, Lilidal Bassett, and I, I picked Bassett. I was wrong. Luke Lilidal. We mentioned, you know, last week Anthony Knox found kind of the template. If you're going to wrestle Bo Bassett, get to his legs as often as possible. Force wrestling positions, force scrambles, and good things can happen. And that was what Lilidal did. I mean, he was in on the leg as often as possible. What'd you see in that match, Ben? Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't. I'm, I don't want to say uh, it's Flo's fault, but you know, because uh, I, I had this feeling too that Bo Bassett was like untouchable, and um, obviously we kind of forget he's so young and he, maybe he's going to need some more time to develop. Luke Gulladal, oh my God! Like I actually, I remember watching him in Northern Plains last year, and I actually didn't think he was that great. I watched him against Bo Bassett, and I'm like, oh my God, this kid is so freaking good! It's ridiculous. Yeah. And his his it's just his speed to the leg is one of the things mm-hmm. that I think sets him apart. Um, he, well, a decent portion of the scores were down block go behinds, right? Where he would get um, where he would get Bassett down, and then and then you know attack an angle, and then attack the leg from there. 
Yeah. Yep. So he's able to yeah move to the leg and then but just there's no time. I mean the whistle blows and he's immediately attacking. And yeah. Bassett's game plan is is a lot of ham fighting and Bassett likes yeah. to snap. He likes to push guys yeah. around and just Lillard all took that off the table for him. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was that was very impressive. Um, I know I was impressed with uh, Lilladal at Super 32 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, even more impressed now. I mean, holy moly, what he did was ridiculous. Um, yeah, because those two are kind of a little bit above everyone else in that bracket. That was uh, that was a good weight in those that good finals matchups in Lilladal. I mean, I got to assume, given what he did, he's going to go home with a uh, Cadet World Gold. It seems like it. I mean, and this is yeah. a this is a tough it's a tough weight internationally. Fifty one kilos has a lot of good guys. Jezroga was bronze in this weight last year, um, but mm-hmm. you know Lilladal silver last year at forty eight, and uh, I yeah he looks like a he looks like a world champ right now for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it does make you think about the two like Anthony Knox and Lilladal wrestled last year right at at who's number one. Yes, and Knox kind of controlled. Like, it was pretty controlling victory mm-hmm. if i'm remembering that right so it does make you kind of wish knox would have showed up at, does knox at, just not do freestyle or what's his deal oh no he's like he's all <laughs> in on freestyle but i well, think so he, why is he why did he show up <laughs> so what so what we heard is that is that he Uh-oh. um is that he just he just has been training cutting weight competing a lot and he wanted some time to focus on training and and not competing or cutting weight and and that oh man you know, now, just... now you're getting me fired up, Mr. Bray, because this is where this is where I uh, I go off on the parents who push their kids too hard when they're younger. Yeah, because it's like, dude, this is a time we get serious. This is a time we don't miss shit. Yeah, like if you want to skip stuff when you're 13, skip all of it. Who cares? 14, and eh, maybe you get a little more serious. But when you're trying, you know, so these are essentially by birth, you're 15, 16, and 17 year olds. They'll turn yep. that sometime in this calendar year. This is the time where we're trying to get serious. We weren't trying to get serious when they're 12 or 13. And if you've grinded them to the point where they don't want to compete or they don't want to cut weight, then you've done it a little bit wrong. And it's hard to say with a kid like that because he's so freaking good. Yeah. It's hard to say he did it wrong. But, I mean, we're talking the Cadet World Championships is, is a really big deal. And you say, nah, I pass. Like, ah, uh, man, that one's, that's a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, you know? Let's let's not push these kids any younger. But then when they're trying to make a cadet world team, it's it's time to go. We're you know likely sixteen or seventeen year old by birth year. That's kind of getting old, and it's time time to get after it. Yeah, I, I mean I hear you on that with a kid with a kid like Knox in particular. I mean look at the the majors that he's hit this year. It's like one Fargo, yeah. one Super Thirty Two. New Jersey is a state tournament season Upstate, that that's yeah. you know that's a t- that's tough. So I I don't I don't feel like that's a guy and him specifically i don't feel like he's somebody who's who's ducking out yeah. on stuff and so i'm not I, saying ducking i'm saying i'm saying literally lack you, you i mean it's less obvious maybe we're talking rumor but you said not i'm not saying ducking i'm saying lacks the desire sure and and obviously there's unless it's an injury probably lack the desire else he, he would have been there i mean this is like and even even i would say uh you know, like I don't let any of our middle school kids. Or I, I don't let them. I, I advise them not to compete until like January because I want them wrestling through like Northern Plains and stuff. Yeah. Right. So maybe if you know if you have that desire to not make weight or whatever, then skip the fall stuff. Right. This is cadet. Let me go see kids. Cadet Worlds is important. It is a really, really big deal. 
um, junior worlds, really big deal. This is the time we get serious. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think speaking with on the Knox um, side of things, I think he does have another year where he could go to um, Cadet Worlds. Mm -hmm. I think he's still only 16 um, Mm -hmm. right now. So, and I don't, I don't know from, from what I hear about him, I don't think it's a desire issue for him. Um, I think he really does love, I think he loves the sport. I think he loves training. I think he loves competing. Yeah. Um, I just think it was like a this, this year type thing, timing, um, that he felt like he could develop more right now than just go to compete. But yeah, I I hear what you're saying for sure. I don't know. And obviously we're speaking, we're speaking off conjecture, so I can't say that right Mm -hmm. in this circumstance at all but yeah i mean this is one where it's like especially if you're some someone like that i would say oh skip the rest of the season skip fargo right sure if you Mm -hmm. if you if you have a chance to make a cadet team go make a cadet team and and skip the rest of the things yeah that makes sense some of these guys though i mean you, you see some of these guys show up have have performances that that leave you scratching your head and and i don't know there's a handful of guys that wonder maybe they've been better off if they if they hadn't gone or if they had, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you for sure. I also think that kid in yeah, particular. I think that's coach, I'm not worried coach about him. and parent looking at. I mean, this is where I guess another hot button issue. Like when you're looking at a kid's development, you look at so over the course of their, you look at the whole thing, right? This is why I'm saying like five through twelve or thirteen. Like I don't really care if you guys go anywhere at all. Like don't spend your parents' money. Don't spend your parents' time. Like. Mm-hmm. Just train, practice, do the local things. And then when you start getting older, if you're good and you're serious, this is where you should get to a lot of stuff. And then, so you're, you're playing, you're looking at playing a whole career, but then you're looking at playing a whole season. And with, you know, with some of the better kids, it's like, oh, um, like Mitchell Messenbrink, for example. Uh, we had a bunch of kids go to Folkstown Nationals, but it's like, hey, Mitchell, I know you're going to be challenging to make the cadet t- or the junior team. So let's skip Folkstown Nationals. No competition in, in March after high school state. And then go to journeyman so you get some freestyle matches first. And then, junior, you know, and now had he not made the team, we were going to go to a few more things, but now are not made the, made the finals. But now we're going to skip those because he's he's in the junior world finals. So, I mean, I think like there's a – and again, I, I have no idea with Anthony Knox. This is just conjecture. But like this should be one of – if you're a really high level. So if you're not high level, probably honestly skip UWW kids because you're going to get smashed because it's right. really good. But if you're really, really good, like this should be one of, if not the top thing on your schedule every single year. Yeah. For sure. Like maybe it, number one, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you can, good? yeah, you can see why. You I mean, you can see the kind of kids that are here. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a ton of sense. Um, mm-hmm. So we didn't get to see him. Some guys that, that were there, we mentioned Nate Desmond, fifth in the country. He was in this bracket, went one and two. Uh, crazy. Um, Cooper crazy. Hilton. Cooper Hilton was fifth. He's he's uh, ranked seventh, and then and then a couple guys. Um, Lillidall was ranked at one twenty. Obviously, he won it. He's he's down now at kind of the one thirteen range. Uh, Digenaro was ninth at one hundred six. He's up and and didn't place, which is crazy. Hmm. Anybody else stand out with a performance at fifty one that surprised you or that uh, you thought was pretty impressive? I know one guy um, you're probably going to mention. Well, those the two California kids that beat my guy, they were really good. And I, I looked, they were not on the rankings yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were they were they were good wrestlers. So um uh, I didn't really know them. Um and when I don't know them, I was kinda of trying to look them up to see it. I, I when I'm watching them, I'm like, damn, these guys are good. 
So I go see if they're actually good. And usually they're pretty good, but you guys didn't have them in the rankings. So I, I was impressed by both of them. Yeah. Edwin Sierra was ranked at 106 and then um, fell out of the rankings when he moved up to 13. He was just like right outside. Uh, but he's tough. I mean, he won the he won the Northwest Regional, was fourth in California this year at 106. Uh, very tough. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the I think other Carrillo guy might be an eighth grader. Yeah, that's why he's uh, not ranked. That, that's why he's not yeah. ranked. He's in eighth grade. Um, but but uh, I mean, Kellen Warbur, he looked pretty good, huh? On the podium for you guys. What's his story? It's nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've ever had a first year guy get on the podium. Um, he's an eighth grader. He works really hard. He does a great job. And um, yeah, he had some he had some good matches and got on the podium. It's good stuff. 55 kilos this was a bracket that we that we broke down um we had a mm-hmm. whiteboard war on it there mm-hmm. were way there's so many incredible wrestlers in this one and the final was best of three and ended up there were there were three weight classes that went best of three and this was one of them um jacks forest an eighth grader from north carolina wrestling at bishop mccourt ended up getting teched in match one again against nate jezaroga mm-hmm. And Jezaroga was sort of on the path to that kind of a victory in match two. Forrest able to turn the tides and then and then got it all the way done. And then we got a highlight plan of match number three where you can see Jezaroga getting that step out. He's so good in the ham fight and does it again. Ended up taking a 2-0 lead, but Jax Forrest was not going to be denied. Um, yeah. This last sequence, I feel like they called it correctly. I could have honestly went two points four is zero points Jezaroga on the last sequence that we've coming up. I don't know how that initial ref said four. I think maybe he thought that was what was going to happen before it actually happened. This one right here. Because mm-hmm. four clearly doesn't expose. He sits into him and, and gets the leg. Um, you know, there's there's no exposure there at all. So I I like the two. So I don't think it was two for Jezaroga there. I go two, four, zero. Same, same outcome though, right? So I think they went two, two, which yeah. still has – Forest winning. It's it's uh, it's yeah, really a fun sequence to watch, and and we're looking at it again. Jezra Rogan on the shot, and yeah, you're right. I mean that four comes up pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think so. I think sometimes these refs have like an assumption of what's going to happen before it happens. They kind of already got stuck in their brain, you know. Um, but yeah, there was there was no exposure there. Hey, speaking of the pushing by Jezra Roga. I went and watched the Mason Gibson match last yes. night. He got six pushouts on Mason. It was six to one. He got six pushouts. Yeah, he crazy. You don't see a lot of U seventeen guys that have developed that much. Uh, you know, that have focused that much on developing in the in the the hand fight to just the pushing part and for freestyle. But yeah. Jezaroga, I mean, he he does that, and I he was a, probably a little too reliant on that in match three against. Jacks mm-hmm. Forrest, I think he got yeah. rattled because of some of the sequences in match two, and yeah. maybe didn't trust his leg attack. Um, I just go to the yeah. It, it felt like match three, either Jezaroga's coaches or just he had in his mind. I can't. I don't want to get on his legs because of what happened in match two. Yeah. But if you were to watch, like if you were to watch match one and watch match well, two, it was like Jezaroga, you're going to get on his legs and. You're gonna. That's like that's where you're gonna score. That's where you're gonna you're gonna finish. And, so, and I think Forrest he just got freaked is, out. Yeah, Forrest is really bendy and kind of tricky. Um, I, I watched a couple of his. I watched the Devino match and I watched. I don't recall which other one right now. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that first match, it was a tech ball, but I want to say, you know, um, the first takedown was an eight point sequence where he went kind of like a, a little mm-hmm. double to uh, a leg lace. I actually could have called that 10 because I thought he got the two and then the key turned down and then he opened back up. So I could have actually went 10 0 in that first sequence uh, for Jezaroga. But yeah, I think the low, low double ahead and side was probably where it was at. And yeah, but he got nervous after the, the second match. He didn't want to go back in there again. Yeah. If you're an Iowa fan and you're, you know, evaluating Nate, Nate Jezroga as a as a recruit, I don't think anything changes in terms of your perception of him after this weekend. I mean, he's still, you know, he beat Kale Lordson, beat Mason Gibson, beat yes. Jax Forrest once out of three. I think he's still a, a very high prospect. Just got beat in in that best of three, and because yeah. he's because he's a guy that's going to be a senior next year that's thinking about that's thinking about wrestling at a high level. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at the junior trials. Cause he's qualified. Cause he's a former cadet team member, right? Yep. Yep. Hmm. But um, the weight class is larger though, right? Cause he would be, um, 57, 57. Yeah. That'd be cool. And I wonder if anybody else is thinking that way. Um, Jez is one though, that I think he, I think he wants to wrestle those college guys when, you know, as soon as he can. So kind yeah. of, I guess I guess a little maybe a kind of a young junior uh, compared to you see some of these other like eighth grade and freshmen that are in that are in U seventeen. Uh, so, yeah, if he's uh, I mean any of these guys that are still have cadet eligibility, they're headed to the senior high school. They are definitely on the younger end because we have some of them that are going to finish their eligibility as freshmen, going to be sophomores. Yeah, Davino was third in this weight, beat Kilkiri, Deluca, Oreen, Kale Peterson, and what I mean, a that's, path. Crazy. It's, a, he, it's almost Crazy. everybody. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. Kale Peterson, who is fourth, I th- he is he is a guy who is coming, you know, he's, I think, going to raise his stock a lot. Um, just hasn't had the results. in recently, I mean, when he was younger, he was one of those guys that everybody was, was watching and talking about and paying attention to. But I think mm-hmm. now, after this weekend, you can tell he's focused a lot and improved a lot and uh, – I think raised his stock quite a bit. Yeah, I, he, he was tough. Um, yeah, the Davino Forest match was fun, kind of back and forth. Um, I don't have the bracket in front of me right now. Obviously, I'm freaking outside my stupid freaking internet. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to watch DeLuca and uh, Davino, but I was. I, did, you, did you guys watch that? And how did that go? DeLuca and Davino. Let me see if I, let me try to remember if I watched I, it. Davino obviously won. It was Four on the way back. Davino. I didn't get a chance yeah. to watch that one. Yeah. yeah, that bracket was crazy. So, so many highly ranked matchups in that one. Um, it's almost, I mean, 80 is crazy. I mean, we'll get to 80. And I, and I watched a lot of those matches because I was coaching them. But 80 was like, there were so many highly ranked dudes in that bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to get to that one too. But but 55, just a couple other guys to mention. Drew Gorman, yeah. freshman from oh, Georgia. Yeah. Who's he? That, he, so he is he's a guy that we we talked about last week that you got to watch because he at journeyman he beat the the guy from Kazakhstan who knocked off Jezroga at Worlds last year and oh, wow. he, yeah so he had a really good weekend um beat he beat Mason Gibson on the backside of the bracket which uh you know that's a pretty good win and uh just pr- I think prove like he's he's going to be for real just a freshman so he's got Plenty of time to develop, but he beat Sam Herring, lost to Kale Lordson, then he beat Fargo champ Adrian Meza, 
beat Mason Gibson, um, and then ended up ended up fifth. He had an injury default for fifth and sixth, but some good wins for him. And and yeah. Georgia looked like a, a state that was kind of missing some of those high level guys in that freshman and sophomore class. And he's going to be at least one from of Georgia? them. Georgia. I thought you said he was from Texas. No, he's from Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Oh, misheard. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, um, so yeah, really impressive. I mean, that guy continues to put together solid results. He beat Jake Kraps at Elite Eight Duels. He's now got nice little resume. He's building for himself, just a freshman. Nice. Um, Sixty kilos. Kyler Larkin. Kyler Larkin looked he's like good. Really he, he, good. He's really good. He looked like he was like he was uh, wearing like an Eric Larkin Halloween costume. He was like he had like the bleach hair. He was wearing the sun kiss singlet. <laughs> he had like the funny. old. He had mm-hmm. the old uh, Sunkiss single. It was super cool. I, I, when I saw him earlier, I was like, man, this dude's mm-hmm. stressed, stressed like your dad did at yeah. work. Yeah. Um, he looked great. Holy cow. I agree. Yeah, he's a guy I, I the feel bracket, like. So I can't run through the bracket, but I, he was destroying people. I feel like he is like a really good um, matchup for a lot of even international wrestlers. Like his the way that he scores points, his leg lace. Uh, he was really effective with that. Um in the finals, especially, I feel like he can bring home a medal for sure. He yes. teched he teched Omar Ayab, who's a Ohio oh, State yeah. champ. He teched Zan Fugit, who made the the Greco team and who's a top ten guy in the country. Uh, then he beat Tanner Frothinger, who's not I don't know him super well. That Idaho guy kid snuck in. He had a crazy win over who'd Frothinger beat the round before that maybe. Frothinger, let me tell you because yeah, it was a crazy win. It was a crazy. It was. A, I was at the mat. I can't remember who it was. He beat. Who did he beat? He beat Maddie Lopes, but I think he beat somebody else earlier. Yeah, it was the Blair. Yeah, it was the Blair kid. That match was pretty wild. Um, but so then and then we were talking Larkin. He also then he beat Dalton Perry in the best of three. So it's a nice yeah. weekend for for Larkin, who, um, you know, I, I think his Super Thirty Two maybe wasn't great, and so he had kind of come out of the out of the rankings, but looked outstanding. He's gonna climb for sure. Um, free freestyle is such a good style for him. Well, I mean that's. But the other thing that I, you know is what I was complaining about the Wisconsin thing yesterday, about where our guys all just moved down because we can't wrestle anybody. But you know they're at Valiant Prep and they don't compete in any of the in season folk style tournaments, so he's just not getting a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. um, against those guys. You know, so and, and I think. Because of that, they probably start training freestyle a little bit earlier than the rest of uh, the rest of people do. So he was well ready, and obviously this is his opportunity uh, to show out. And they, you know they had Valiant Prep had two, right? They didn't get a junior, did they? They had the two cadets. Two cadets. Eric's, Eric's other son made the finals. Yes. Yeah, two yeah. cadets. I mean, two two cadets from the same high school is is pretty unheard of. Uh, maybe yes. not unheard of, but got to be rare. Well. Yeah, Sam has two, but that's um, I don't want to say they got one guy from Missouri and one guy from uh, North Carolina, so mm-hmm. maybe not the exact same concepts. Yeah, two guys from North Carolina on this team. <laughs> For real, right? That's crazy. That's nuts. But North Carolina is getting robbed. They're getting pillaged by the state of Pennsylvania. They're completely pillaged. They they they're so pillaged. Anyone who's good North Carolina, Pennsylvania, the whole state goes and steals them. That's that's the goal, yeah. Get pillage North Carolina. That's one of the. That's how you build a kingdom. <laughs> um, uh, Sixty you kilos. Think that, you would think that there would be there could be one. Um, you know, like the state of North Carolina has a lot of Division One wrestling. You would think there would be one like 
Division One, North Carolina State, or something graduate who goes and starts a private school and they can, can keep all the best kids in North Carolina home, but it's it they're gone, getting pillaged. Yeah, I think the way that the wrestling community thinks about the South is that like they treat like Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, like they're all just like one one like little area, and it's just a massive area geographically. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean they just it makes it really hard to. It's a bunch of good kids. When you combine all those states, Tennessee but it's... got pillaged too because, uh, well, the Herrings are from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Who else? There's someone else that left. That's from Tennessee. Chittum left, and then he and then he came, you know, went back. But yeah, he doesn't yeah, go to he doesn't go to school to, in Tennessee, so he doesn't. They don't. Tennessee doesn't. You know, they don't have him in in their state championship. Yeah. Uh, who else? I think there's some other. Some other I think there's guys. a couple more that I'm just I'm blanking on right now. But yeah, uh, Tennessee, North Carolina getting pillaged by Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Other than the pillaging going on, uh, sixty-five kilos. Sixty-five Other kilos than the was pillaging. was it? Yeah, enough of the pillaging. Sixty-five was another weight that went to the best of three. Kasich and Adams. This this series dates back because in the Fargo finals last year. Oh, really? Yeah, last year these guys met in the Fargo finals and Joel Adams won on like a buzzer beater. Last second, it was like a chest wrap or crotch lift. Or yeah, something. Mm-hmm. and then um, you know so that that was nuts. So Kasich gets revenge here in the best of three. Adams Adams took a match from him, but um, but it was Kasich in the end. And, and that, all three of the matches that went three were were amazing. Came right mm-hmm. down to the yeah. end. Kasich got it done, and and I think really impressive for Tyler Kasich because as of you know maybe a year year and a half ago he was very folk style focused freestyle at this event last year he didn't do super well um i don't i don't think and uh has made huge strides was fargo finalist last year and now now on this cadet world team at 65 kilos which was another very very tough weight so good job for Kasich. who did he beat um Kasich had what's the kid from ohio that was really good uh uh brock brock herman brock herman yeah, he's good. Yep, he beat he's Brock really Herman in a really good match, um, six to five. No, it was a fall. He was up six to five, and then and then he got a fall. Then he beat Zach Hansen, who who had double stop signs last year, and then mm-hmm. split those matches with Joel Adams. So, um, yes. good performance there from Kasich. Sixty five. I'm trying to see if there's anything else too crazy that happened. Pearson Manville was third, Hansen fourth, Herman fifth. That's a very very tough top five. Uh, I believe it was the what Manville. I believe Manville and uh, Adams wrestled in the semis, and it was pretty contentious. But um, I thought I thought all the calls were correct. Yeah. What did you think about PJ Duke going up to sixty-five? I I have a feeling that like when a guy goes up that he's registered at one weight and then wrestles a different weight, then it, sometimes it means that. Something didn't go according to plan along the way, yeah. Which which is probably not a great sign for how he's going to perform. Um, he was four and two at the event, lost to Brock Herman. Herman teched him in forty five seconds. Lost to somebody on the front side that I did I didn't know because I saw the match happening. I was getting ready to coach on the other mat, and uh, and then I was like, "Who is that dude that's beating PJ Duke?" And then I looked him up, but I, I did not know him. Yeah, Gabriel Boy Sue. Um, he he's from Rhode Island. He is legit. He's very Rhode very Island. tough. He's yeah. getting pillaged real quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This guy's getting <laughs> pillaged. 
This guy's getting pillaged. There's actually, um, I don't know, has there ever been a good wrestler from Rhode Island? Uh, <laughs> hold, I think I've, there have been some ranked guys, but I don't think. Any, really? I, you know, nationally ranked? Yeah, there are a handful of nationally ranked wow. guys. But not, not like over the course of time, but not uh, not a lot at once. Um, <laughs> well, Kozak's getting some FRL questions that are surprising. Uh-oh. Um, uh, so, yeah, he. but the thing is, he beat PJ Duke, but then didn't place. Uh, he lost, but his losses were Jace Roller and Joel Adams. So, um, boy, Sue, he'll be, he'll be fine. He's just a sophomore. He was, he was fifth at NHSCA's. Um, he won the North, the, what is it? The Northeast North, or no, the New no. England championships, whatever. He's, oh, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. Who did Roller lose to for seventh and eighth? I watched the match, but I'm blanking on who it was right now. Uh, Vince Buzakis. Vince Buzakis. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Nice. So Vince Buzakis was another guy that was registered at 61 and then ended up at 65. So I think it's just one of those things where, um, I mean, it's kind of like you say if you're a 138 pounder, you're like, oh yeah, I can make the next weight class. It's essentially the next weight class down, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I can make that. No problem. And then maybe you start cutting you're like, oh man, it's a little, that's a little more than I expected. That's a little further away than I expected. And so then, you know, going up, you don't even have to go up to 145 because it's 143. So, um, yeah, I mean, that makes it a little trickier for the cadets because they're not normal weight classes that they have. It is tricky. And especially when you're making that decision, the, like the week of the event, like a couple of days before it just, I don't know, yeah. you've been preparing your body to get smaller and then now you're, you're getting bigger. So, um, yeah. yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. Joel Adams though, man, that guy is so fun to watch mm-hmm. because he's got, he has, he, he's like not, not Musa Kayev level, but like, he's got the ability to do things athletically that, that yes. so many people can't do, mm-hmm. but then he also has the ability to, to, give up points and and um make things exciting for the other guy so his matches end up being some of the most i thought you were saying he was he was taking longers but i don't remember him taking any longer not longer it's just little little mistakes or just little like tactical well, when you said musa kaya that's well, what it makes a man think. he was he was taking his time getting back to the center of the mat for a little bit he would like walk oh, really? around yeah like pull his knee pad down pull it back up something like that where <laughs> so da- david taylor was in not like this next weight class though. I no. mean, well, we talked about a couple guys yesterday, but the next, <laughs> the semi on the next weight class was so absurd. Yeah, I don't know, I don't really know who they are because I haven't watched them wrestle before. But I was coaching like opposite, you know, so I'm on this mat and they're over there, and then I was going to coach there next. And oh, it was like gotta... I remember looking over, like, <laughs> what is going on over? What is even happening right Dude, now? You, we got a scoring highlight from that one. You got to see. We need Tyler to get yeah, that. Oh my god! Ready to go. It's yeah, that, be absurd, right? It's that Ladarian Lockett KJ Evans match. We'll, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that one in a second for sure. That was that semi was nuts, and and then Joe Seeley, Joe Seeley had had Evans in the finals, and he had the same thing. We get yeah, let's let's go there because because seventy one kilos, um, the semifinal with KJ Evans and Ladarian Lockett was <laughs> like. 30 points, 30 plus points on the board. It could have gone either way. Those are these are two Oklahoma guys. Um, it seemed and, like their buddies maybe after the match too, or like the coaches were kind of like, you know, sometimes it, with in in state stuff, it's like they there's a real rivalry. They hate each other, but in this one, it, see, it seemed to me that they maybe were buddies, but I'm not sure. Was was there a chance this was all staged then, just to get us to uh, 
to talk about <laughs> it on FRL. <laughs> I don't know because there's some real emotion. You're gonna, there's some real emotion in this match. Um, but but so so that, I mean to set the stage, Ladarian Lockett. He's just a freshman this year. Uh, he's like a top top five, top ten type of big board guy. And when he uh, so he's like you know the the up and comer. He goes to Stillwater High School, which is like right now the power program in Oklahoma. And so he's he's that guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, KJ Evans is th- he's a little older. He goes to Heritage Hall High School, like Tulsa area, and was a Fargo champ last year, 16U. And, and so he's had a lot of success as well. But Lockett is the the guy that that has a little more shine on him. Evans is a, an Oklahoma he, commit. He's a junior in high school, but but it's Lockett's probably the I don't know the guy that's a little more prominent in the state, even though he's younger. And yeah. uh, yeah, the the match was super fun, scoring and all so these different positions. Maybe they don't positions. like each other. Maybe I was misreading things. They maybe maybe they know. used to. Maybe they used to. I don't know. Um, but yeah, once once Tyler gets this pulled up, we'll we'll show you the highlight. That fi- that semi was wild, and then what it set up was a Joe Seely KJ Evans final, and Evans was doing the same like injury default or not injury default injury time tactics on the edge of the mat and Joe Seeley yeah. just he just, we talked about it yesterday just went went back to the center of the mat and, and was sitting crisscross applesauce in the middle just mm-hmm. waiting for him and he did it in both matches he did it in match one and match two um but he just had no he had no time to wait for the injury <laughs> to um to get better he just you know I'm gonna sit down the rest of this <laughs> the rest of this wait I didn't think there was a lot that was super crazy um it it was Oddly, not as deep as some of the other weight classes, even though yeah. there are a lot of really good guys in this range. Yeah, uh, so my my guy Zane Lick came out of nowhere, took fourth place, um, and yeah. But when I did go back and look through, I I think I kind of figured at this weight class he would have had to beat somebody ranked, but he didn't. I don't think he beat anyone that was that was ranked. Obviously, he, his losses were Sealy and Lockett, who were both really high level guys. Yeah. Um, and then the Lockett one was very very competitive. Um, yeah, but uh, really good bracket, but maybe guys who, you know, so then I went and looked at the rankings. It's like there's so many seniors in the 145 through 160, 70 range. So I'm sure once those clear out later this summer, a whole bunch of these guys are going to be in the rankings and they'll become more household names. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Licked, what's his story? Uh, state champ and just, uh, man, I don't know. I kind of like uh, – this is kind of breakout performance for him. He finally, he's got a lot of good tools and kind of put them all together and wrestled really hard all weekend and had a lot of good results. That's awesome. All right, let's take a yep. look at this at this semifinal. Um, these are just scoring highlights: Evans and Lockett. And uh, I some of the, the the officiating on the edge was a little odd to me. Um, Lockett would do Lockett. Oh, give me a pause. Lockett on the edge was like against Zane. I swore Zane had him three or four times. Lockett was so freaking slick on the edge, like. I, I was annoyed because my guy was giving up points at the same time. I was like, holy shit, that was good. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and so some of the edge stuff that happened in this one, and I, and we can roll it, um, Tyler, whenever you're ready. The, the, the first position here, Lockett tries to roll through but ends up giving up the points, and K.J. Evans gets this lace to go. I don't, oh, no, he doesn't get it to go. And then Evans takes him to the mat out of bounds, and then they call Lockett for, like, fleeing, oh, and they put him was- back down. And parterre is bizarre. Some of these caution ones are obnoxious, Mr. Bray. Mm-hmm. They're they're ridiculous. Like that was just he just laid down. That was what he was supposed to do. <laughs> he was just defending the gut. Yeah. Seriously. Yep, so so, so yeah, we're looking at it again. I mean, he's but, he's 
and, he doesn't and, dive or anything. He just lays down. Yeah, and I don't even know if his head touched. It's just Evans is the one that took him forward. But and then and then as a result, Evans gets his opportunity on top and gets this yeah. turn and parterre. Um, but then it's it ends up evening out a little bit because Lockett's going to get a score on the edge, and they call it the same way. So they they go here, they go four for Lockett. Four. Oh, that was nice. And then Lockett's working on this lace. Gets it to go, and then like same exact thing, and they put him down. So he didn't do nothing. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, when they when they make that call, that call drives me crazy. I don't know why they why they do that. He didn't do anything. Yeah, this is a pretty crazy <laughs> move here. Um, four points, but they called that too. They was it was definitely feet to back. Yeah, they called it too. Ends up with another turn. So first period officiating was a little bizarre. But keep in mind, they've been wrestling for like a minute 15, and they're already 17 points on the board. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, so Ooh, this is where four. it starts to get crazy. Yeah, they go. He, so this is Evans now goes in the lead. He gets Ooh, four two and more. two. Yeah. But then <laughs> Lockett, Lockett like go. hustles back to this the center, and then he sees that that uh, Evans is, is injured. <laughs> it's kind of annoying, whatever. But now they go back to the edge, and, and – um, that's this time, Lockett. This is the this is the part that's so funny. Lockett runs back to the center, like foot on the line, and then he looks back and he sees Evans is taking injury time again. He's just like, <laughs> oh he just flops God. over. He's so frustrated. He just falls over. Uh, but after this, Lockett felt like he had to go Whoa. big and expose himself. Man, usually when guys start taking injury time, even though they're getting injury time, they still kind of fall apart a little bit. Uh, so it's interesting that Lockett was the one that had the lead. Um, and you know he because he, he was up what five, mm -hmm. and then he kind of got smashed a little bit in the second period. Yeah, he took off after that one, but twenty-two to fourteen is a lot of points for a four-minute match. Um, yes, very good win for KJ Evans. So uh, you know that that's good, good stuff. But Joe Seeley is, is the story here. Mm -hmm. He's number one in the class of twenty twenty-four. I don't think you know. I, th I think he kind of showed that um, showed why he is. So he looked really good. Very good, yeah. 80 Another kilos. Guy that just, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, both, both Lockett and Sealy, because um, the, the Zane wrestled both of them. He was putting – Zane was putting himself in good positions, but they're both super slick with, like, the underhook-overhook battle on the edges and just were really tricky there. Mm -hmm. What what year is Licked? He's a uh, sophomore ju – junior, maybe? Sophomore? Okay. okay. One of the two. All right. Yeah, um, he's, he's, had, like, he's had good results. Like, he took, say, third. He lost Hunter Garbage to third at the high school showcase, state mm -hmm. champ, um, but just not – I mean, right, this tournament, to me, I don't, and I said I guess this earlier show, to me, this tournament is, like, as hard as it gets. Maybe Super Third 2 could potentially be harder. And so, you know, taking uh, – really, anyone All-American in this tournament is pretty high level. For sure. 80 kilos is a weight class that was deeper than most. And Zach Ryder came out on top. I didn't think – I mean, Ryder was moving up in weight. He's one of those guys that was a little bit caught in between weight classes. I thought he yeah. looked he looked every bit powerful enough to, yes. to wrestle 80 kilos. Yeah. I, I know. Unfortunately for AWA guys, <laughs> we he lost, ended up – We lost three in a row to this, dude. It was no good. Man. And, I mean, yes, the guys he, that he, he definitely beat – definitely was not being overpowered. He was very strong. The guys that he beat were 
he had, I mean, sometimes, I don't know, a guy sneaks in the finals or whatever. Zach Ryder had to run the gauntlet. He beat Gabe Arnold. He beat Aiden Sinclair. He beat Connor Mirasola. He put, you know, three of the toughest guys in the whole bracket. Um, yeah. What, what stood out to you about him? No, he was, just, he was just super, yeah, super strong. So definitely not undersized. Um, controlled center really well. And was we had, in the three matches, we had a really hard time getting to his legs consistently. Um, Sinclair started to do it kind of later in the second period, but uh, Mirasola couldn't really get to his legs cleanly. I don't think it maybe not. I want to say not at all, uh, but not much. Ryder is, I think we have him sixth on the big board. And, and, um, man, he's, which class is he? 2024. He's just a sophomore. Sophomore. Okay. So he's one of those guys that, that in June, when the phone lines open up, I, I think just about every program in the country is going to be interested in, in getting their hands on this guy. Um, he, he, I don't want to say he's had like up and down performances, but he was, he was fifth at super 32 where a lot of people thought he could win it. And, um, Lost at which weight class? At 152. Okay, got it. He lost there to Jonathan Lay and Joe Seeley, who are both obviously really good. Uh, but he had beaten – last year he had Seeley's number. He beat him a couple times. And oh, so it's really? like oh. – Yeah, so they those guys kind of, I, I feel like, switched in terms of my perception of them. And, and then it's like, well, okay, where is Zach Ryder? Is he, is he trending down or what? I mean, no, definitely not. He, I think, just needed a bigger weight class and has grown in, into that and uh, – it looked great in a very tough weight. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Jude, Jude Cray was in this weight class. Both of my guys were able to get a win over him, which, you know, he's really high level. Um, and then our Arnold obviously lost a rider and then de- defaulted out. I don't really know why, but to me that's not a not a great sign when someone doesn't want to wrestle the second day. Um, and I can't think he was cutting a lot of weight for this weight class because he's wrestled lower generally than this uh who else is really good here there's there's i don't have the bracket in front of me but there's a bunch of other really good guys here dasha lamer was fourth in this weight class yep. uh he's another he was like Ryder. he was coming up from from 160 and and um so he I looked he was big though he did not look small no he looked fine and it, it makes sense right his dad's his dad's a big dude yeah uh, very big luke vanadia was was sixth um so oh, yeah yeah he was he got DQ'd against uh, who did he lose? Oh, he lost to Lamer, and then they kicked him out. What what happened? I didn't see that. I don't know. We were watching the match because Sinclair was going to wrestle the winner, and it was like a nine eight or nine seven or something. And we didn't see. We were far away, so we couldn't see. It wasn't a punch or anything. It must he must have cussed at someone, and uh, they gave him a red card. Okay, I saw so there's no. I saw there's no. I saw there was no contest in that sixth place match, so I didn't know fifth yeah. sixth, I didn't know what happened. But the the match on the backside with Correa and Aiden Sinclair, the officiating was was bonkers in that one. Um, yeah, but it, not good. I was there. I was. I only threw two bricks all weekend, um, and I was I was very unhappy about that call because to me it was so obvious. And even the other corner, uh, McKnight and Cornell, were they were laughing about how bad it was. Yeah, and so then I figured. Well, I, I threw a block, and they went to review, and I figured, oh, well, the camera must not have got it, because surely if the camera was on it, it's really obvious. And the camera. And I go was back on and it. I watch, and it was <laughs> it really was, obvious. The referee is literally pointing at the foot that is out of bounds. Yeah, and but then the referee on the mat never calls the point. The guy on the other side, the other judge, calls the point, but the referee on the mat never called the point. So that was actually a six-point swing because. Uh, you know, he gets the four plus the one for the lost challenge, and we should have had the one. Yep. And I, I, yeah. I don't know so, what the review judge is doing. 
instead of four to one, it ended up nine to zero, but Aiden Sinclair still yeah. able to come back. And, and that yeah. ended up making for like one of the more exciting finishes to any match that I watched, even though, yeah. even though it shouldn't have been that shouldn't have been that close to begin with. But, um, yeah, but yeah, that was really fun. So those guys look, I think that, that whole top six looked very, very tough. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Who, else, who, who was who, seventh and eighth in that one? It was Cole Han Lindemeyer and Dial Capone Vizi. Oh yeah, I mean those guys are pretty tough too. I watched them in, in several matches, and they both did a pretty good job. They do, and they're um, especially uh, Dial Capone is just a freshman this year. Um, what a name! That's an incredible name. It really is. It's a great name. We 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 saw that a couple years ago. Like man, I hope this kid gets good because his name is just <laughs> it's amazing uh, for real. Um, ninety-two kilos, the best of three. This is a good weight class too. Holy cow! This this weight was nuts. Uh, Mac, uh, Max Macnelly won the whole thing. He's Cam- really good. Yeah, he is. He's he beat Camden McDaniel in the finals. And talking with Andy Hamilton, I knew he was good last year when he when he won Fargo. But Andy pointed out like he's got I just more um more athletic tools than I realized he yeah. had. I I thought of him as as a guy with a lot of power, but. Um, but just he's got a lot more than just that. Uh, he, he, I think he's got a lot of room to grow in terms of tactics, but, uh, he moves uh, well, he attacks well. Yeah. He's powerful. Yeah. He's good. Really good. He beat McDaniel in the finals. McCray Haggerty beat Sawyer Bartle for third. I think McCray Haggerty is a guy that, um, probably raised his stock. He's big. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Taylor, Beat Austin Johnson for fifth, and then Cole Mirasola over Max Venadia for seventh. Very deep bracket, and I, I mean, oh, and Cody Merrill defaulted out of this one, right? Yeah, what happened with Merrill? I don't. He lost, he lost to Sawyer Bartlett, and then he, I mean, just like, just like Gabe Bartlett, he lost to Sawyer Bartlett. Well, he didn't. Gabe didn't lose to Sawyer Bartlett. <laughs> Gabe lost to, uh, oh, he lost to Ryder, and then just didn't didn't show up the next day for Wayans. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cody Merrill two and one. That that Sawyer Bardot match was was one to one. It was you don't see a lot of boring matches in this tournament, but that one was. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Merrill's obviously more defensively oriented, and Bardot's really reliant on getting the underhooks and pushing. And so I could see that one being definitely like two guys just ramming their heads together and not not you know because both of them know if they pull the trigger on a more risky attack it's more likely going to hurt them than help them yeah so what we end up with in this in this weight range is we have a bunch of guys that are really really good and they're still young they have a bunch of years of high school left and i think what we're going to see as a result is what we've seen in the last few weeks which which is that a guy can have an outstanding weekend and then the next event it might be another guy that's going to have the good weekend and that's going to make for i think some fun rivalries and cool results it was sawyer bartle at at the elite eight duels he he beat Sonny Sasso twice beat TJ Stewart, um, beat uh, somebody else really good. This this week it was Max McNelly, and who knows who it'll be the next time. Um, well, but, but part of it though, is, is, aren't, these guys are going to separate. Like some of these guys are ninety five, and some of these guys are two twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we That's actually true. probably likely won't see these guys compete very much against each other because then when they go to, uh, I mean when they go to the junior level, they have one eighty nine. And then two hundred two, and then two thirteen. So, um, and after, you know, and I kind of honestly, I think that's too many weight classes of the juniors. But for the cadets, it feels like too few. I mean, like a guy like Cole Mirasola, for example. I, I think he weighed in at one ninety one or something. 
Yeah. Right. And the weight class is 202. Like, you know, and obviously, so 176 would be a, a really large cut. Plus, his brother was there. But, you know, to him, I was saying there's there's other guys your size. There's other guys who are in the same situation as you where they're, you know, 176 is a really long ways away. Uh, but 202 is like, oh, my God, these guys are huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They could definitely separate. Right now, the bulk of them are 95 pounders, but I could definitely, I mean, especially some of these guys, their high school season, it doesn't make any sense to cut weight, period. So 220 yeah. is mm-hmm. fine, whatever. Um, so they will separate. But I, I do think we're going to see a lot of these guys for a long time, and, and they're going to, whether maybe they're yeah. not all going to be in the same field, but we're going to see these matchups for for a while. Well, yeah, because then in college, you're, I mean, to your point, to, in college, it does shrink back, right? So in freestyle, mm-hmm. it's 189, 202, 213. But then in college, it's 197 than, than heavyweight for someone this size. And so it's like, okay, uh, or maybe one of them shrinks and stays at 184. But other than that, it's like, I, I you know, none of these guys are um, super tall and look like really immature where they're going to go definitely like, oh, you're like, oh, that guy's going to be a heavyweight for sure. I don't really feel that way about kind of anyone in this grouping. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, all right, 110. Koi Hopke, the guy is a guy's a monster. He's good, huh? He really is. And match two of the best of three, Carter Carter Neves was able to was able to Get score. I mean, it looked like oh man, he, mm-hmm. yeah. he kind of wore himself out though after the well, first. Well, Neves period. blew it though because he took the second trap out of bounds. He should have went the other way and saw if he could have finished it. I mean, that was um, from a strategical standpoint, really bad move because he got the first trap really easily. Right. And then the second one, when you know, okay, if he goes over to the, I think it was to the right. If he goes to the right, he's going out of bounds. Um, and Hopkins kicked your butt the first match. So you better freaking try to milk this trap for all sorts. Take it back left. Give yourself some mat, you know, take it back left and see if you can't turn him a few more times and finish the match. Uh, Hopkins is, is ridiculously good. Um, he was one of those guys. So I, I, you know, I'm naturally skeptical. And I didn't really watch him when he was younger, but he did compete against our guys a handful of times. And I, you know, I always thought, okay, no, there's no way this guy's that good. And then um, I got to watch him at Cadet Duels because I coached the team. And dude, he's freaking, he's really freaking good. Yeah, outstanding. Um, yeah. And he's he's obviously a you know premier heavyweight. Yeah, uh, 110 kilos means that some of the some of the heavyweights, the high school heavyweights, aren't going to have a weight class for this event. Unfortunately, yeah, um, would have been fun to see him with a big guy like Navarro Shunky, but we'll, I'm sure we'll see that that match soon enough. Well, um, I, you know, I, he's a guy. We talked about the last weight class where they're going to go. Like he, I believe he only weighs 210 to 215. Really? So um, yeah, I don't think he's like he's definitely not cutting for 220. Um, and I think I don't think. Don't you? I don't think he wrestled 195 this year because I think his brother was at that weight class, if I remember correctly. He was 220 um, in high school this year. Yeah, so I think his brother was at 195. Uh, so he didn't wrestle that because of that reason. Um, he's not a guy though. Like I think he's gonna have to grow to be a, a real heavyweight. Otherwise, if he doesn't grow at all, he's at 197. Really? I he think be- so. I mean, when I when I look yeah. at him, I think okay. You know, I mean, I, I think hey, there's probably a good chance this dude grows. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, he's he is not, a, you know, like the, the guy you said that um, was a South Dakota kid, right? Chunky, yeah. He's from Legends of Gold, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He is freaking enormous. Yeah, he's 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 got no chance Massive. to make 110 kilos. No, no chance. Yeah. 
So when you look at a guy like that, and you look at Hopke, like Gary Hopke's, Hopke's going to have to do some growing. And obviously, we know for the heavyweights, they don't need to be 285 to win. Um, but if you're not, say, 235 to 250, somewhere in there, you're going you're gonna to struggle with the size. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so thinking about this 2024 big board, these phones are going to start ringing soon. For guys that were in the tournament, I'm just curious from you, Ben. Quick, like, are, do, are they are they where they should be? Are they too high? Are they too low? Number one, no, in 2024. Let's go down the list. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you because uh, you haven't updated the big board yet, correct? Not not since this event. So Joe Seeley is number one. He, that seems he's about really right. Good. Yeah, he's really good. Oh, uh, here we go. You got on the screen. Ferrari wasn't there. Mason Gibson's obviously going to move down given his performance. I mean, but I think he's still really good. Obviously, Chunky wasn't there. Uh, Davino probably stays ab- about there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, this thing, this I I actually did I. Oh no, I think I was opposite. I think I said something really stupid a couple weeks ago. I think I said twenty twenty five was really good, but now you get this list, and you're like, oh man, Ryder's good, Lilidal's good, Hopkins good. Yeah. Kind of good on the list. There's there's a lot of them that are really high level. Kyler yeah. Larkin all the way down seventeen. Damn, he's good. Yeah, he feels like he may he may yeah. be climbing up a little bit. Um. But yeah, it, it, a lot of these guys, they seem like they're probably right around where they're going to be. Sawyer Bartolt, he, I think the thing with Bartolt is after Elite Eight Duels, it's like, oh, maybe this guy's separating himself from the pack. And now yeah. I, I still think he's great, but it's the the pack is a little closer to him than I than I had yeah. thought previously. Um, I mean, one thing that uh, that I, I was um, – I, so I think of this, this age group as really important. I think I've said that twice on the show already. But – I went back. I don't remember why I started thinking about this, um, but I went back and I looked at 2016. I just want to see how many of these guys who have had high-level college success, um, and we're only around 30 percent. And but and even by high level, I mean like if they're an NCAA qualifier or Division One, I, I counted them. Yeah. Um, so you know, even as good as the the cadet trials is, there's still going to be a, a large portion of them who separate or who fall off. Or, so, or whatever. So you were um, looking at the 2016 which, like like podium or what? Correct, the top eight. And then Max said Max said Super 32 was worse. So I looked at 2016 Super 32 and Max was right. It was worse. It was like 24 percent or something to that effect who were having decent level of college success. Um, huh. So yeah, I mean like guys guys separate, guys fall off, and that's what I mean. I hate now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get another soapbox. Um, I just hate that the college recruiting and commitment thing starts so early because I feel like it's a hindrance to both athletes and college coaches to be forced to do that. But when every other college coach is doing it, um, they're fo- they're kind of forced to. But then the second part of that is it it creates a disloyalty because because you're forced to go recruit someone or be recruited as such a young person if you're fortunes then change which if you you know if you start from a sophomore they're more likely to change than if you start later on um then you know your college the college program will find a re i, I heard a hilarious one which i'm not gonna throw it under the bus i heard a ho- hilarious one of why a college said that they couldn't get the kid into school this week that was just totally ridiculous they said his his transcript had too many tardies and that's why they pulled the scholarship no yes it was yeah i'll tell you who off the show um, someone <laughs> brought it up to me. Like, yeah, this kid, he had too many. They, they alleged he had too many tardies, so they pulled this scholarship. I'm like, I don't think that should have been that way. But anyways, 
So yeah, so when when the recruiting process starts too early, you're gonna have a lot of people's fortunes change, both college, you know, from the college level and the athlete level, yeah. and so it creates a disloyalty because you're not gonna find what you need, or you're less likely to because people are gonna change. It's a good point, you know. We, like we just think about how how we think about high school wrestlers during the course of their careers. If, if somebody's having good success as a freshman or sophomore, it's like, wow, that guy's having really good success and he's still so young. Yeah. I mean, these guys yeah. are all soft. These guys we're talking about 2024, they're sophomores. And now all of a sudden it goes from their sophomores while wow, they're having success to now it's U17. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, get them into a college program. Like what, what changed? It was yesterday they were young guys having success. Now they're guys that we want to commit to places. It's, it just happens like yeah. immediately. Um, pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, so and, and, and I mean, the I think probably the colleges are definitely more guilty than the athletes because the colleges do this gimmick like, oh, here's your offer, and it's only good for one more week. And you're like, oh, God, I think I roll on this one. You're yeah. just trying to use your pressure as a college coach to pressure the athlete to make a decision that they're not they're not really sure that they want to make at this point. Um, obviously, there needs to be a balance there because the athlete doesn't want to leave the college because the college would – they say they need a 174. They need a 174 whether they can get person X or not. And so if person X leaves them on the hook for a year, right, they should probably be recruiting somebody else instead, yeah. spending time with somebody else. So it's not it's not fair to leave them on the hook forever, but at the same time, like when they do this, like the offer is only good for another week, I freaking, because it's happened to plenty of my athletes, I, it freaking annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's annoying for sure. Um, All right, David Bray, gun to your head. Who are you calling? Get one person on the list. Who are you calling? Joe Seeley. Joe Seeley. Yeah. Kozak. Who are you calling? Lilladol. Ooh, that's going. Yeah. What about you? Who are you calling? I can't. I can't participate in this. Got too many guys uh, that are. <laughs> You're Shane Sparks on us on this one. I'm Shane Sparks in you because I don't want any of my guys to get grumpy over something I don't have to do. Yeah. I'll yeah. call all my AWA guys because I'm. Uh, uh, that's what I get to do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm calling Joe Seeley for two reasons. One, I just I love his offense. Um, yes, I love his mentality, and I I have a hole at 157. That's the only hole in my lineup. <laughs> That's it. <only> <laughs> uh, I mean, when you put that if you put that list back up, though, there's I don't know that there's a, a lot of wrong answers yet. I don't feel like there's one. Even on Joe Seeley, I you know I think that's a fair number one, but so I would I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a group that I think like college coaches could see them as like uh program changers Sealy, Lillidol, Hopke, uh Ryder, Davino. Uh, I mean those guys are and obviously I think highly any, any guy that I coach but those guys are guys who like performance last weekend and I, I know Davino was the only one I listed that lost there um but he he was and honestly I, I would go all the way down to Kyler Larkin I think Kyler Larkin like he really impressed me a lot too so um, any of those guys, I don't really think you could go wrong with them. Totally agree. Well, we only have five minutes left because Tyler's kicking us out at 9.30. So let's get Damn to a it, couple Tyler. questions. I know. We got some stuff, NIL stuff to talk about maybe tomorrow, um, some other things. But we got a few questions, just a handful in here. I got a and... so bad, too. Thank God we're right. five minutes early. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, somebody, Average Seed, <laughs> asked, how does the level of competition at the U.S. Open this year compare to other other years? I mean, it was not terrible. Not, not good. Not close. Um, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but mm-hmm. the incentive system was was uh, not the same as years past. There was no waiting out to Final X, no major incentive, yes. and so it was, it was pretty down. 
Yeah, they need to, they need to um, reevaluate that. Yes, for sure. All right, which wrestler from the women's division, in your opinion, is the heaviest favorite to win at the World Team Trials um, from the U.S. Open? I think it's pretty. I think there's one answer. I think it's Jakara Winchester. I think that's I think that's yeah. the answer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, Emma Bruntill wants to know biggest upset in the women's division. I don't know about singular upset, but in terms of a whole overall performance. Felicity Taylor went in without a seed. She's she's tough from Iowa. Somebody that that I think for a while people have expected to be a, a, a difference maker, a factor, but she won the whole thing. She beat a uh, world medalist and Alyssa Lampy mm-hmm. in the finals. So for me, it's Felicity Taylor. Um, I don't know, Kozak, you saw somebody else. I was impressed with uh, Nenea Estrella mm-hmm. against uh, XMP in the finals. She kind of controlled that match. Um, I think she's going to Iowa too. Okay, um, so that's worth noting. Cool. All right, Ben's got a plan for this one. Vince oh. Santi Steven wants to know, does Dayton go 133 with RBY returning? And if so, does he lose in the finals again? So it's a two-part question. Does he go 33? Ben, is it 41? Are you? Is yeah. that going to happen? Are you going to make it happen? I, I think 41 makes the most sense for Dayton and for the, the team. Um, so I don't see why it shouldn't happen. That being said, it's John Smith. John Smith does not like him moving up in weight class. So I don't really foresee it happening. And, man, I mean, I feel like at this point you'd have to be either a homer or an idiot to say Dayton's going to beat him again. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, right now, given the data we have, that, that makes sense. And the thing that makes it tough to pick Dayton is that even if we see something outstanding in this offseason from Dayton, we did last year too. He looked incredible. He was the world silver medalist. He looked incredible. He he just he looked amazing. Yes. Um, so it's it right now it, it does. It feels like a, an RBY pick. Uh, yeah. Unless something crazy happens. Okay. Uh, all right. Kozak, I think you have a, an opinion about this. Matt Uh-oh. Skanga wants to know who wins Prime Reza Yazdani or Sajulayev. I mean, my, my opinion is pretty – Pretty simple. It's Sajulayev. Sajulayev. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's that close either. No. Yeah, I agree. Pro, well, I mean, Reza Yazdani, you can't trust him to not have a heart attack after <laughs> after <laughs> the World Cup. Uh, That's a great story. If you guys didn't hear that story, <laughs> World Cup, they're, they're, USA is wrestling Iran. Reza Yazdani gets off the mat, and then someone tells him, hey, we got to take you back here. He's like, why? Where are we going? They're like it's it's USADA it's a USADA drug test. He's like, oh, oh, oh heart, my heart, and it's taken to the hospital. So he didn't uh, didn't get the opportunity to participate in the. Wait, in they the actually drug test. he actually got out of the test. I never heard that. Yes, he got out of the test. It's a great it's a great way to get out of the test. Yeah, Iranians they're totally clean. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a new heart out of it too. Yes, just glad that. Wow, glad he survived. Wow. Um, Matt Turner, this is probably the last question we have time for. This is a, ben, a question for Ben from Matt Turner. If there were oh. no limits to years of eligibility in college beginning in 2008, how many years in a row is Ben Askren national champ? Who eventually bumps him off? And then how many degrees would you have? Uh, a lot. I would say a lot. Because um, it was Keith, and then it was Stephen Luke, and then it was Borschel, uh, and then it was Reader. I think I got that order right. Uh, and then who was after that? Was it Ed Ruth? Yeah. Ed, uh, was that Ed Ruth? For, oh, yeah, it was Ed Ruth next. Yeah, Ed Ruth's fun. That, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, quite a few. Uh, I just, I, listen, I actually got um, 
one of the things I feel guilty for in my life, and I, I try not to feel guilty for too many things because if I feel guilty, I just try to right the wrong. Uh, I got a scholarship to go for my master's degree at Missouri from the athletic department. And I, I got six credits done. And then the next semester, I, you know, I was traveling to Russia a whole bunch, right? It was the fall, fall of my, so I, I did, I did six credits while I was a senior still. And then I was supposed to then go back. And I just said, Hey, I'm going to Russia like two or three times. I can't go. And then I'm like, dude, I can't go back to school. I freaking hate that place. I'm not going, I'm not going back to school. So I left, I left their scholarship with them. So some other, um, some other athlete in the athletic department could have had that and I didn't use it. And that was a, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, at the time I thought I was going to use it and then I did. So okay. I feel guilty about that. All right. Well, so who knows? Maybe, maybe you would have just, you would have just been, uh, scooping up all the scholarships and getting no degrees. You just had one. So I man, implicated yourself on that, but I think that, you know, yes. it's good to know. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Tyler's kicking us out of the studio, but we'll be back tomorrow. We've got more to talk about. I'm sure we don't know what NIL NIL. maybe Gable news. Maybe Gable. Oh, we better have some Gable news. Let's go. I hope we have some Gable news. Happy 4th of May. Happy Gable decision day. See you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.